the Co-op Dojo Podcast. I'm the Bogogi. And I am Mr. Game. And today and we're talking about Neo. Is that, am I pronouncing that right? <laughs> you know, I actually just looked this up as I was, I was confused myself. I played the entire game and I, I went through every cutscene and I was actually kind of unclear if it's Neo or Nio. And according to GameFAQs, an unofficial poll, 95% of people said it's Neo, like the Matrix. So okay. we'll go with Neo for the rest of this, this, this review or this, this discussion. I haven't played the game, so no one calls him by name during the game and says, you know, Neo, come here, or Nio, well, it, come his, here. his name is actually William. So, oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's embarrassing because I've played the entire game, and, it, and to cut to the chase, it's a really good game. I really enjoyed it. And it's about, like, a 60-hour game. Like, it's a very long game. Uh, but I, I don't really know where Neo comes to play. I, I The cutscenes <laughs> kind of are long-winded. I'm not really sure where it actually applies. But, I mean, I, I, I did follow the story of this kind of this Irish guy that comes to feudal Japan in the 1600s and gets involved in some kind of battle, battles between a couple different families and stuff. And, yeah, I was par- partially following that. And I understand it's based on historical accurate, historically accurate events that happened in Japan at this time. Um, but I don't know what Neo means. And I, you know, I, I don't think that... You know, demons were part of that that battle, so it's, it's loosely interpreted based on these, these factual accounts. But yeah, back to the point. I don't really know where Neo comes in, but I still think it's it's a really good game. Well, it looks like kind of a Dark Souls kind of game. I mean, I, I watched some videos of it, and it looks like the same kind of targeting system, same kind of huge bosses you fight, uh, same kind of really tight knit corridors you run through, and things like that. that that's my impression of just watching it. Is that what you experienced? Yeah, playing? it's a fascinating game. I so I read about it a little bit after I finished it. So first of all, you're right. At a cursory level, it feels and looks very much like a Dark Souls game. It, it does have sort of a similar kind of mentality of. Uh, you, you collect, you know, in this game it's called Amarita instead of souls, but effectively it's still souls from things that you kill, and if you die, you lose all your stuff, you leave it at your where you died, and you have one chance to go back and pick everything back up again before you, you die a second time, you lose all of it. Um, you that have, does sound like Dark Souls. Yeah, sounds, right. <laughs> you have you have shrines instead of bonfires, they, they act the exact same way, you go save at them, it respawns all the enemies you killed uh, in, in the area around you. Um, combat is very much the same sort of thing where you have stamina to manage. Uh, it's very critical to kind of keep your stamina up so you don't lose your, 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 your shield or your protection. And if you do, then they can do kind of a heavy attack on you and kill you pretty quickly. Every fight can be brutal or it can be fatal pretty quickly if you're not paying attention. Uh, the weight of your equipment matters, so it affects how fast you can roll and dodge and get out of the way. Magic's based on talismans, just like Dark Souls. You have light and heavy attacks so you can parry. I mean, it's very much... Um, like Dark Souls, you even have even Dark Souls had that kind of unconventional multiplayer component where people could invade your yeah. game, or you could you could request people to join you and, and fight you know bosses with you. Same thing happens here, but I mean you can request people to join you, you can summon people to your, to your to your game to help a certain boss or certain certain times, whatever you want really. Um, but you also have the opportunity. It's it's done it's done differently, but you, you have the opportunity of fighting not necessarily other players, but uh, the characters other players had, have created for themselves. And so huh. one of the ways it's, it's sort of different, and I'll cover a bunch of these other ones, but one of the ways it's kind of different in a very kind of cool way, I think, is as you play the game, if you're online, you will see little graves uh, kind of marked around the map, like little red graves with a, a, a sword picking out, uh, sticking out of the ground. And if you go up to it, it'll show you that that signifies a player died there or s- several players died there recently or whatever. But it picks one of the players that have died there, and uh, it, it shows you sort of the equipment that person had at the time. And you can see not necessarily the details of the sword or the shield, the armor or whatever, but you can see kind of the caliber. There, there is a, you know, a color scheme. So you know this is a, a yellow item or purple item, so it's a little more rare. So you can kind of see what they had. And you have the option of, of spawning uh, a version of that character to your game to fight. And the computer will control this character, but it is effectively what that player was, was wearing at the time when, when they died. No, and with, are, you, are you preventing them from getting their stuff back when you do that? Or? No, it has no, no impact on somebody else at all. It's, oh, just, okay. it's just purely for your game alone. 
Um, so you spawn them into your game, and if you kill them, then they drop uh, a random sampling of like two or three things that they had. And so you have a chance, if you see like a really good sword that you want to get, you have a chance of getting it from, from spawning that character and killing that character in your game. So yeah, it has no no weight on the character itself. So I died a number of times. I'm sure people have been killing versions of me in their games for a while now. And, uh, you know, but it has no impact on me. Unlike Dark Souls, where if you like... If you leave like a rating or leave a warning or something on the ground, people will rate it. It actually gives you like health back and stuff. So, there, but that, there's no impact here. If you die and you, you happen to be an NPC in somebody else's game, you, you're not made aware of it at all, as far as I know. And so it has no impact on you whatsoever. But it is a really good way of getting better equipment. And so the, the game is sort of sort of stingy with early on with, with some of the higher level equipment. But if you kind of wander around the shrine, you'll see a bunch of like you know gravestones of other players. And you may look at their level and say, hey, this guy's you know, 20 levels ahead of me. Let me spawn this version of the player into my game, kill that person, take his much higher level equipment and keep going forward in the game. So it's a really good way to kind of uh, advance your character quickly and level up really fast. So it's sort of an unconventional way they do it, but um, back to the point, yes, it is very much like a Dark Souls game, um, despite some sort of nuance, some sort of differences. Yeah, well, um, I like that approach because that, that's a way of, you know, you're not really messing with someone else's playthrough, but you can get their stuff and, and, and you still can kind of compete with them, even though it's a computer control and a version of them, which is kind of, it's a cool way to do it. Yeah, I mean, there are, there are ways of doing, you know, conventional, like, uh, you know, PvP kind of uh, invasions and, and attacks, but that, that's a separate oh. part of the game that you don't have to play at all. And so, oh, cool. uh, like, in, unlike Dark Souls, where um, in Dark Souls, if you, you, you have two different statuses, you can be dead or alive and you, as you play the game, and if you're dead, you have like three quarters of your health, um, but the benefit is no one invades your game, and so they leave you alone. Uh, so I, I typically play the Souls games as a dead character, as an undead character, basically. And no one invades my game that way, but it means I, I, I have, less, have less health to play with. But uh, here, that's just not even a factor. You just play the game. You can spawn people to play. It's a fight if you want. It's not the actual player. It's just an NPC. Uh, but it's so much, it's, it's a very kind of creative way of getting better equipment quickly. So I, I like that a lot. That's cool. Well, what, are, uh, what are the big differences you're, you're thinking about? It, yeah. Other than the, the context and I guess the historical nature of it. Well, so it's 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 different in a lot of ways because I think it, it doesn't it doesn't want to beat you up as much as Dark Souls. And so Team Ninja that did this game. I mean, they're they're pretty open to say that they were inspired by Dark Souls and they made this game. And apparently, this you know Neo had been in development with a different name a long time ago. Like for twelve years, this game has been in development. And so eventually handed over to the Team Ninja team that did, did this. Uh, and for the last four years, they, they made this into a Dark Souls sort of feeling game. But at the time, they were unsure if it was going to be like a Dynasty Warriors game or, or what it was going to be like. It went through like RPG sort of mechanics for a while, and they dropped all that and focused on Dark Souls alone. So it does feel very much like that. It is different, though. Dark Souls is, is of course, one sort of continuous world um, that you can kind of navigate through. And that, that's cool. I like, I like when games do like Half-Life where it has one continuous path through the entire game. And there's no kind of breakup of levels. That's very kind of creative when they do it right. This is not that. This is a series of levels that you choose and you can play through and replay to kind of power up and stuff. So it's, it's different in that way. Okay, um, levels are stages, like discrete stages. You finish one. Yeah. One. Okay. That yeah, very much so. And that is certainly very different. Um, I, th I think the game is it's it's complimentary that it doesn't really want to. It doesn't feel like it's that punitive. So um, in Dark Souls, when you play the game, your weapons will start to deteriorate. You have to get them repaired. Uh, it's pretty easy to do that early on. You can get like a blacksmith box and repair your your weapons whenever you're at a bonfire with a certain amount of souls. But it does it does require maintenance. Your, your weapons in, in tough battles can break depending on the attributes of the other of things you're fighting. They could, they could break your weapons, which makes you kind of defenseless when you're fighting things. This game's the opposite. This game, your weapons get better 
as you use them. You get more more familiar with them, they get more powerful, they unlock kind of new attributes. So every weapon you get, the more you use it, the better you get with it. So it's not it's not going the other way. It actually encourages you to try new weapons and, and, and use them a lot just to kind of level them up faster. Um, second of all, in Dark Souls, you are, you know, you have everything kind of hinges on the souls itself. That souls are so critical to leveling up your character, to powering up some of the, the swords, some of the weapons you want to use with blacksmith. It's it's critical to use your souls to kind of power your your person. Here, you're leveling up, but you're, you're, it feels like you're always leveling up. So you have the Amarita, which is the souls equivalent. You can level up your character that way. Uh, but as I mentioned, your, your weapons, you know, despite however, if you're, if you're dying and unable to retrieve your souls, your weapons continue to level up as you play with them, as you use them more. So they get stronger and stronger. Um, third, you have skill points you unlock. And you do this through a variety of things. Like if you kill a certain amount of people with swords, uh, if you use, you know, fire a certain amount of people, you do certain things, you get achievements. And these achievements unlock skill points uh, that you can use to learn new attack moves, to learn magic skills, to learn whatever else. It's not tied to your your, your souls, your memory, to your level at all. It's a separate component, a separate leveling, leveling up component. But you're always kind of powering that up as you play. And fourth, there are... Uh, essentially, essentially, like badass points from from Borderlands, they're like they're called prestige points in this game. And so every now and then you'll be, you'll be notified that you you've unlocked a new prestige point, and you go to a separate menu and you have like four random things you can you can do. So you can say like, I want to you know increase the gold I get by fifty percent for one one point five percent the rest of the game, or I can increase the amount of you know souls I get, or you know reduce the amount of elemental damage I receive, or a variety of things like that. And you can choose one of four, and you, you level up, and your character maintains that for the rest of the game. So you're always Always, you know, like as you play, even if you're dying a lot, you feel like you're always powering up or getting better, or getting stronger. So it's it, again, it's not as punitive as Dark Souls feels. Hmm, um, yeah. And then the other big thing that's kind of different is that this game feels a lot more. Uh, it has a lot more variability as far as the way you want to play the game, the combat. So in Dark Souls, you know, you start out, you have your character classes, you choose. I want to play as you know the the, the warrior or the, the the mage or or whatever the cleric, whatever you choose your character class. It dictates your skill points. It dictates. Uh, kind of your starting weapons and kind of puts you on the path to try to you know power that person up that way. Here you play as one guy, he plays William, uh, who's effectively a samurai who can use magic, and you don't really get a, ch a choice in your character class, but you do have a lot more uh, kind of variation in, in your your approach. So you have you know four or five kind of weapon styles. You have the sword, you have the spear, you have the dual swords. You've got sort of a kind of a whirling sort of nunchucks uh, on with blades uh, sort of thing, and you've got axes. And you can kind of use any of those five weapons, and, and you can you can you're encouraged to try multiple ones out. And you have a couple different projectile weapons like bows and guns and stuff. Um, but with each weapon, you have a stance. So you can do a low, mid, or high stance. And with high, you hit harder, but it takes you longer. Low, you hit faster, but it doesn't hurt as hard. And so you have a lot of different weapons. You have a lot of different stances. So as you play the game, you kind of you eventually kind of find a way you like to play. And the game actually rewards you by by changing it up. You get you know, stamina points if you change up during a fight, if you change weapons, that kind of stuff. So I encourage you to kind of keep it keep it fresh, keep trying new things. And and so unlike, you know, Dark Souls, you kind of learn how to either, I'm going to be at the tank, I'm just going to tank through this whole thing, or I'm going to, you know, dodge and just hit people in the back the entire time, or I'm going to be the, the magician and stand back and do whatever. Here, you're, you're kind of changing up things and playing different, 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 different ways every time you fight somebody. So fighting is just a lot more... I don't know, a lot more involved, a lot more fun, I think, in this game uh, versus Dark Souls or is very much about, you know, this character has one weakness you need to exploit and, and win this fight. And and this was more like, you know, let's, let's go in and have a lot of different options to fight this person. It feels more like the Ninja Gaiden games did recently versus Dark Souls, which is very much about exploiting the one weak point of, of a fighter, of, of, of a boss or whatever else you're fighting. Yeah, I get that. That's interesting. It's, really, it's just it sounds like Dark Souls, but just a lot more flexibility, not nearly as punitive. <laughs> and 
Yeah. Like, probably a version of Dark Souls I'd like to play. It's not going <laughs> to punish me for playing through it, which I kind of like. The one one really weird thing about the game that I, I kind of highlighted early, like the best thing you can do, the easiest way to play this game is there there are you know magic points you unlock and there's one thing you can unlock it's 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 called the sloth skill and so you learn unlock this ability to slow creatures down you have you can you can oh. power it up and you get a total of six charges to use between shrines and so it slows you know whatever you're fighting down for maybe 10 or 20 seconds or whatever but I mean, you know, with certain fights that's a long time that's a long time you can get behind them and kill them pretty quickly and the weird part is it works on every single boss wow and that, that's that's sort of abnormal like you would expect like you think back to the final fantasy games where you get like the crazy good spells and they don't work on bosses or whatever else because it'd be kind of cheap here it works on bosses still and so every, once you unlock that ability which you can't do to like the third map or whatever you you got to be probably like a third of the way into the game. Once you get that, though, every boss fight from then on is significantly easier. I've been using it in the last boss fight. But you hit them with the, the sloth skill, they slow down, you get probably you know, 10 or 12 good hits on them, take off you know, a quarter of their health, hit them with the sloth skill again, and just keep doing this until until you win. And so it's it, it changes kind of the pace of the game pretty dramatically. And people may say it's kind of, cheaping, it's kind of cheap to do it that way. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was, it was kind of a fun attribute. It didn't... Feel like it's pulling his punches with that. Like it, it's it's a skill, it's a spell you can unlock and you can learn it. Why not use it on boss fights? Like the bosses, you know, they're they're not. I don't know if they should be treated differently or not. Like I kind of enjoyed the ability of having this this option to use it, but it, I, I kind of I liked having that that option for every boss fight going forward after that. That's interesting. It reminds me of the the power armor in Horizon Zero Dawn, where you can get it and it'll make everything easier. You don't have to, but you can get it. It makes every fight after that a lot easier if you want to play that way. So I like it when games do that, where it's not a matter of cheating the system or figuring out some way to, to slip past the fights. It's like it just, it's an in-game way you can make yeah. the battles easier if you want to, but you don't yeah. have to, obviously. Yeah, exactly. But I think, I mean, overall, it's, it's a good game. I think Dark Souls is more interesting with the world. I think the world in Dark yeah. Souls is, is a lot more varied and kind of the ruined is kind of caverns and castles. It, it, it just feels like there's a lot more character and personality to that world and you kind of like exploring it. You really are uncertain what you're going to see around the corner in the next area. I think the monsters in Dark Souls are a lot more creative than, than the ones in, in Neo. Mm-hmm. Um, some of those ones still stand out like the Cthulhu prison guards in, in Dark Souls 1 like, or Demon Souls. Like There are some really just inventive things they had. Uh, yeah. And then the Dark Souls... For its credit, I mean, the story is, is uh, obtuse and, and unapproachable, but it isn't in the way. And I think Neo really gets carried away with this story. It really does spend a lot of time telling you this, this, this convoluted story of what happened in, in this era of Japan. And it just really, I just want to get back and fight more creatures. Like, it, it really, went, really took its time with it. And granted, cutscenes don't play a second time, but it just it had a lot of just long-winded cutscenes that I, I really just kind of lost interest in. So it doesn't really get in the way. Dark Souls story doesn't get in the way of that. The one, the one thing I forgot to mention, though, that Neo brings to the table, I think Dark Souls or any other game, any, any other game like this should consider is something we've had in other games for a while but it's the loot system and so you know, oh, yeah. Diablo and Borderlands and, and even Destiny they have the loot systems that uh, it, it makes it makes you know every fight kind of interesting where you're going to get at the end of it Dark Souls does not have that Dark Souls you're always going to get the Drake Sword and you take out the Dragon Tail you're always going to get the same weapons whenever you do the same same things this game's not the case. Like this game, you'll find random things that you play. As I mentioned before, you you spawn other character, other players. You get their 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 weapons, their loot. And at the end of the game, when you kill the last boss, or actually the the, the, the precursor, the boss before that, the penultimate last boss, um, you get like uh, I mentioned, they're they're kind of color codings. There's there's an upper level. There's a green level. Uh, kind of divine class of weapons and, and armor you get. And when you kill that boss, it's the first time you see those weapons. And it's a whole kind of tier higher than what you've had in the entire game. So I encourage you to go back. After that, you have that, that ability to get more divine weapons. So loot system is, is kind of, it's that, that uh, you know, Pavlov's dog thing. I want to keep playing it. I, I enjoy getting these things. It's and So I, I actually went back and played you know, New Game Plus for a while just because I was getting better and better things. So it's a good yeah. way of pulling gamers back in. And it kind of keeps your, your game sort of distinct from my games as, as you play through it, basically. 
Well, I mean, unless I die, you find my sword, right? I mean, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah. a great way to keep replayability, have random loot, because you, you, that, that makes you want to go play again, because you never know what you're going to find. And yeah, I totally agree. It's a great way, way to get people back in the game again, or, or you know, have an all-new playthrough just to get those kinds of things. And that's cool I, stuff. I, I would say, again, everybody should try Dark Souls at some point. It's, it's unique, it's brutal, it's, it's, very, it's very original. Uh, but if you like Dark Souls, I, I highly recommend Neo. It's kind of like the, the arcade version of Dark Souls. It's, it's more fun. It's 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 an easier to play game and it is very rewarding. And when Dark Souls is kind of hanging up the towel, it's good good to see Neo kind of take it taking the mantle a bit and doing something else with it. So I, I highly recommend it to people like Dark Souls. Yeah, I think Dark Souls has kind of started a genre of games that are you know, this sort of fighting, this kind of three quarters style, and, and kind of intimate and, and you know the, the chance of dying all the time. But yeah, but that, the linear level design and loop loot stuff is a new kind of thing. So it's interesting to see. Yeah. So what's going on with you? What are you watching these days? Uh, well, so I'm, I'm all excited because I just cranked through all of uh, Narcos Season 3, uh, just, just, just like, it came almost out like, overnight. It came out like two days ago, right? <laughs> I know, yeah. And I, and I was worried about it because I, I, you know, it's, it's missing a bunch of his characters who got who yeah. either didn't come back because uh, in, in, in real life they didn't return to Colombia or were killed in the first, in the second season. You know, like the uh, Pablo Escobar was you know killed, and so that, that actor, what's his name, uh, Mora, I think? He is yeah. in turn. Yeah. And so you know now you have, instead of one figure, you have these four or five crime lords and 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 this and um, and uh, what's the name of the actor who's in, who's chasing them but anyway it's a much different kind of investigation that's not as centered around one person but it really holds up you know it, it's it's fascinating to see the crime lords start to you know as their, as their empire starts falling apart they turn on each other and and watch them react to the, the government's you know investigations of them and but yes you know, they have this whole pact that they're going to turn themselves in but they have six months to do it and so but then as the, the investigators start catching them then that starts putting strain on that pact it's it's just great huh. and there's enough action going on at every in every episode that every episode itself stands alone but there's again it carries from 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 episode to episode really really well so i was nervous because this is my favorite characters didn't return but it still really holds up and and it's really challenging to stop to put it down at any point i mean be careful because <laughs> like by the fourth episode it, it has you pretty good and you're not going to want to stop until you get through all 10 or how does it compare to the last two seasons it's just different. It's such a different show. It's like imagine if a Sopranos did a season without Tony Soprano, where it didn't have that central huh. figure, and you had like the people who uh, a different group who came after him, who were trying, who were, you know, he, he, none, none, no one of them is as charismatic as he was, but each of them is interesting and becomes more interesting as the show goes along, and you get to know their different you know mentalities. Like one of them is just kind of a butcher, one of them is just vicious, and another one's a little more. You know, there's two brothers who are more subtle, and they're more part of the community, but they're also still you know capable of extreme violence and and anyway but and to watch them again their interplay is as they they get caught one by one and, and yeah, it's, it's really cool i don't want to take wow. away from it but it, it really holds up and it shows it, i think narcos is moving from being sort of a sopranos into more of the wire you know it's moving away from being sort of centered around one you know, arch enemy and one one mm. uh, uh, anti-hero and moving more towards a character-driven study about what drives the drug trade and yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's really, really cool. So I highly recommend it. Yeah, I, 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 I've written it off completely because I just thought, I, I don't care. He's not around anymore. But that analogy about you know, going to Sopranos of Wire is probably, probably pretty, pretty appropriate. It makes me encouraged to go see it. I, the Wire was on HBO this past week, and I got stuck watching most of the I did, too. Yeah. It's such a good show still. Like I, <laughs> it's, it's so good. <laughs> everybody needs to watch the show. If you've not seen it yet, it's still worth watching today. Even though it's dated with the technology, it's still worth watching at this point. Oh, man, yeah. It's still amazing to watch. And the, the way the characters, and just, you know, how McNulty has such a he has a hero, but you can see why no one would want to work with him, or you would never 
want to be on his team or super or supervise him because he's just he's terrible in the system. But yeah, be so passionate and uncompromising. But ah, uh, uh, yeah, Stringer Bell. It is, oh, it's, yeah, oh. yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Is that the best show on TV ever? Yeah, probably. Yeah, it's hard over, to say. Over Breaking I, Bad. Oh like, yeah, Breaking, yeah. Bad, Breaking Bad fell apart in the last couple seasons. It felt like. Uh, well, yeah, and it had slow points, and Skyler as a character was really problematic yeah, for a long time. And yeah. but it was it was great. Uh, but you know, the same way The Sopranos was, and other kind of these uh, uh, you know, anti-hero kind of shows are. But The yeah. Wire is about a system and about you know the way you know organizations you know sustain themselves and how you know being reinforced to do for doing the wrong things is how these institutions perpetuate crime. And stuff. It's it's a much smarter show. It's it really, is. Yeah, man. But so it's yeah. Good. Just interesting and violent and sexy. And all that stuff too, so it's, it's everything. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to put down. I was like that, that in the dark night, I couldn't turn off on HBO all weekend long. So kept playing this. Like man, I'm I'm sucked into TV all weekend because of this stuff. So well, and didn't I mean I feel like when I watched the Dark Knight, I'm like, okay, Narcos is kind of for some reason I'm, I have that kind of brain where I'm like, this is like Gotham City. This is this is what it would be like if you had super villains and and you were, you were doing these terrible things. And you know, the first two uh, Narcos were like if you had a Joker out there who's doing these terrible things. And now it's like, what well, if there wasn't a Joker, but there were all these underlings and they were competing. And they were, you know, starting their own criminal empire, and what would that be? Like? So anyway, I I made that connection when I watched it. Like, oh, they should totally make this the next Batman movie. But it's like this actually happened to these people, though. So anyway, uh, go ahead. What are you watching on Netflix? Oh, uh, so Netflix, they're doing a lot of original, original, original shows. Besides the Narcos and the other shows they have out right now, like Stranger Things, get a lot of acclaim. They released some movies recently. I watched Death Note this past weekend, which I was I was surprisingly happy with. Um, that's so, interesting. do you know anything about Death Note so far? I, okay, my understanding is like it's a it's a, a, a guy who finds a book. They writes a name in it. That person dies. Is that? Yeah, that's basically it. So yeah. it's it's based on a what a Japanese uh, anime uh, that's it's become a series of movies too in Japan. So it's like there's three movies and the anime's gone on for a while. But it's it's creative. So that's that's sort of the the, the high level of what happens. What they do with the the story, at least in the movie, the U.S. movie, is that. Um, you know, this character who gets this book, that, that's right, he, he writes down the name of the book, and it's kind of got this gremlin sort of element, there's a lot of rules associated with this book, so you can, when you write down somebody's name, you have 48 hours before they die, and you can, can kind of control them for 48 hours, and you have to know the person's face, and you got to know the person, you got to know the person's full name, and so there's, there's a lot of ways people play with that, like the detective that he's up, he's up against never shows his face for a long period of the movie, so he kind of thinks that's part of the story, so he's trying to, he's trying to avoid being able to be, be, able to be killed by the, by the main character, uh, but the main character uses the book for a while to to hunt down bad people based on what he sees mm-hmm. in the news and you know terrorists and things like that and 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 na- and everybody kills like he makes them write down the name Kira on the wall before they die and so people start feeling like Kira is like this god and, and it's kind of taking you know vengeance on on bad people in, in the in the world and so people start you know worshiping this 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 fake god that this guy who's using notebooks created in people's minds and so from there. Um, you know, this, this detective in Japan chases the source back to Seattle and, and chases down the main character in Seattle and, and pursues him there. It feels like, so it's, it's sort of, it's, it's inventive. Like, a lot of things happen there. You have, like, ways you can manipulate people and, and, and you can have kind of these, these uh, you know, kind of these, these long-winded kind of uh, high sort of sequences take place by, you know, controlling one person to do something else and who controls somebody else. Like, it's, it's sort of convoluted, towards, especially towards the end, but it, it kind of works. Um, but the movie feels like it, it's sort of it's underserved sort of the the original source material. Like it feels like they they jump uh, a little too quickly to do things. Like his father's played by Shay Wingham, the guy from like Boardwalk Empire, N- Nucky's brother, and uh, oh um, that guy, yeah, yeah. He's, he's also one. He's also one uh, Narcos, I think. Yeah, yeah. He's he's in there. He shows up in everything. He's uh, everything. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's a dad in this movie. He plays like a detective as well, the main character. And like there's a whole storyline about. 
He's also investigating Kira from Seattle side. But the first time you see go to the office, like his office has been ransacked by the other fellow police officers, and he tells like the one somebody that's because he, they're mad at him for investigating something they, they like and they feel like Kira's doing a good job. And, but until then, you've never seen any of that take hmm. place. You don't really know he's investigating them. So it feels like they're, they're trying to take the entire series or t- maybe a couple seasons or one season of the full show in Japan and condense it down to a 90-minute movie. So you, you jump really quickly through storylines that could really be fleshed out. Like the first episode could be just finding the notebook and killing the first guy. That happens yeah. in the first like 10 minutes of the movie. Like He does it, kills somebody, and kind of moves on. And it feels like there could be a lot more weight associated with that. So I think it moves a little too fast. Um, but it, it's very creative. I like where it goes. I, I, it's sort of open in at the end. Uh, it has music by Atticus Ross, the guy from Nine Inch Nails. It does really good music. Um, and it, it, it kind of ends on an open-ended structure. So I enjoyed that part of it as well. I just feel like you it's know, not too... You, go ahead. You want know, to say, it's like you're funny you're talking about this. I feel like that's exactly what they should have done with The Defenders, is make that like a two- or three-hour movie. And yeah, it's like with so. Death Note, it should have made like an eight-episode series. I know, would easily, see, yeah. Yeah. I'd easily watch that. I mean, in, in yeah. the, the bad guys, the, the demons played by William Dafoe has a great time playing the bad guy and kind of just being menacing and stuff in the background. And uh, it, it's the, the characters rendered very well on the screen. Special effects are really good for that for Netflix show. So it, it's highly entertaining. It's worth watching. It's a little kind of OC, hyper dramatic at some points. You have some teenage angst, you know, music kind of blaring loudly as things happen in slow motion. So some of that happens every now and then. You got to kind of push, push past that part or those parts. Yeah. And there's probably three or four of them in the movie, but. I enjoyed it. I thought we're wrapped up. I was, I was kind of happy with how how it concluded, and I'd be thrilled to see the sequel if they ever did one. Yeah, again, it like it should have been a series, and it's not like Defenders. I still think it should have been a movie. Yeah, and on the flip side, I also watched Little Evil with Adam Scott, which is just horrible. I just, yeah, <laughs> I just recommend you should avoid that one. It's, it's never funny. It's unfortunately it's it's about it's like an Omen sort of parody where a stepfather is moved into a family where the kid is is you know the, the spawn of devil or will be the spawn of devil, and that's 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 the premise really never finds any kind of jokes throughout. There's there's a couple of good scenes with other kind of stand-up comedians or he's at therapy talking about how bad his kid is and they're comparing it to their kids who are evil in their own ways. And that's, that's a little funny little sequence about midway through the movie. And that, that's about five or ten minutes of, of, of humor. But otherwise, the movie's pretty pretty lifeless and pretty Yeah, I know, pretty right? Boring. Like, how timely, an Omen parody. Like, <laughs> people have just been people have been dying for this because every year it's another Omen movie, so it might as well make a parody. <laughs> That's a good like, point. Oh, man. Forty years too late on this one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah like, what's like, next? Forbidden Planet parody. You know? <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna get a parody of Metropolis. It's gonna be. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, I couldn't get through. I got through twenty minutes of it. And I turned it off. I yeah, know, you didn't. You didn't miss before. anything at all. It doesn't. But I love Adam Scott and I love Evangeline Lilly. They're great, but I'm yeah. not in the mood for this. Yeah. Yeah, they can't they can't save this movie at all. But Netflix is on, on a tear. I mean, with that and, and Stranger Things and Mr. Science Theater, there's a lot of good original shows right now, so I'm very happy with them. Yeah, and I'm still loving Ozark. I, I recommend that to people. It's not perfect, but it's an interesting show about what you do with, you know, how you, you may be smart with money, and you know, it's like kind of a, it's like imagine if Skylar was the main character. You know, how do you how do you launder someone else's money and the limitations of having a lot of money? It's it's a cool, and Jason Bateman's really good, and the whole cast is good, so I, recommend, I still recommend Ozark to folks. That's cool. All right, yeah. I think we've gone over time, but so yes. that's going to be it for this that, week in the Co-op Dojo podcast. That's time to start downloading Destiny, right? It's that's out. exactly right. Next <laughs> is Destiny. I'm going to get to work on that right now. All right, All right. that's it for us. Bye.